It's Friday, December 13th, 2019. 80 days since the House kicked off the impeachment process. And this is Impeachment Today. Good morning. I'm Hayes Brown, reporter and editor at BuzzFeed News. 80 days! In the time it takes one man to race around the world, we've gone from an official inquiry announcement to articles of impeachment set to be debated on the floor of the House of Representatives. I can barely believe it myself. Okay, today we're talking to BuzzFeed News UK politics and media reporter Mark DiStefano. He'll be giving us the tea time about how removing a head of government differs across the pond and down under. But before we get to all that, let's catch up on what happened yesterday. It was a late night, but at 11.15 p.m., the House Judiciary Committee adjourned a marathon hearing without voting on the two articles of impeachment against President Trump. And to paraphrase a great number of people inside the committee room, lol what? The decision by Chairman Jerry Nadler to end for the night came after the committee argued and debated the way the articles were written and the charges against the president for 14 hours. In that time, Democrats voted down five amendments from Republicans. One proposed amendment from Representative Jim Jordan would have deleted the parts of the articles that would actually remove Trump from office if he's found guilty in the Senate. So you can see why that one didn't win much support from Democrats. Rinse and repeat for another four amendments, including one that would have deleted the entire first article of impeachment and one that would have deleted the entire second article of impeachment throw in a bunch of speeches that made the same points again and again, and that is the entirety of the 14 hours the committee spent sitting there working through and rejecting attempts to make the articles toothless. In the end, just one amendment passed, a technical one proposed by Nadler that cleaned up some of the grammar in the articles. It almost felt like payback for the 14 hours spent debating poison pill amendments when at the end of all that, Nadler surprised everyone by wrapping up for the day without a vote. The final vote on the articles in the committee will now be today, Friday, at 10 a.m. It is expected to take far less time than yesterday's 14 freaking hours. Meanwhile, we still don't have details on the format of the impeachment trial that will start once the articles are approved by the full House next week. There's reportedly tensions between Senate Republicans who want a short trial and Trump who wants a long one with a bunch of witnesses. White House counsel Pat Cipollone was seen on the Hill on Thursday trying to talk senators around to seeing the president's way of seeing things. But Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell said on Fox News not to worry. He's making sure the White House is totes cool with the way things eventually run. And everything I do during this, I'm coordinating with White House counsel. There will be no difference between the president's position and our position as to uh, how to handle this. Uh, to the extent that we can. We don't have the kind of ball control on this that a typical issue, for example, comes over for the House. If, if, If I don't like it, we don't take it up. We have no choice but to take it up, but we'll be working through this process, hopefully in a fairly short period of time, in total coordination uh, with the White House Counsel's Office and the people who are representing the president in the well of the Senate. So the Senate is supposed to be the jury in an impeachment trial. And the foreman of the jury is out here assuring the defendant that the trial is going to go in a way that he'll be happy about? That sounds totally legit and not at all weird. That was the news. This was the noise. As you'd expect, over 14 hours, things definitely managed to get a testy at times. Like when Florida man, Representative Matt Gates brought up Hunter Biden's substance abuse issues. And I don't want to make light of anybody's 
substance abuse issues. I know the president's working real hard to solve those throughout the country, but it's a little hard to believe that Burisma hired Hunter Biden to resolve their international disputes when he could not resolve his own dispute with Hertz rental car over leaving cocaine and a crack pipe in the car. But Representative Hank Johnson wasn't going to let that slide, subtly reminding the folks at home that Gates himself had a DUI arrest in 2008. The pot calling the kettle black is not something that we should do. I don't know. I don't know what members, if any, have had any problems with substance abuse, been busted in uh, DUI. Uh, I don't know. But if I did, I wouldn't raise it. Uh, against uh, anyone on this committee. I don't think it's proper. Savage? Yeah. But that's what happens when you have people in a room for 14 hours. Okay, I'm sorry to keep hammering home how long they were there, but my God, it was like sitting through a movie over four and a half times as long as The Godfather, and it turns out to be a cliffhanger. Not a very suspenseful cliffhanger, but a cliffhanger nonetheless. And now we turn to your friend and mine, the Nixometer. Well, I'm not a crook. On our scale, zero, normal day, normal White House, 10, Richard Nixon resigns, flies away in a helicopter. And this morning, we are at a 14, never mind, I'm sorry, kidding, just kidding. Today, we are still at a 7.7. Today is the day articles of impeachment will be reported out from the House Judiciary Committee to the full House of Representatives. And unless things change, Democratic leadership is signaling that that vote will come on Wednesday. So expect a wild weekend of the president's Twitter fingers being extra spicy as we head into the week. Okay, after the break, we talk to Mark DiStefano about how booting a prime minister out of office is not at all like getting rid of a president. Stick around. At SheFit, we're tired of hearing new year, new you, fat-burning secrets, and lose weight fast. The only thing you need to lose is self-doubt. The body you're in deserves respect, love, and support. Support you're not getting from your current sports bra. It's time to experience the only sports bra that actually does its job and outperforms the most popular brands on the market. It's time to feel real support from SheFit. Save $10 today at SheFit.com slash 2022. Adoption of teens from foster care is a topic not enough people know about, and we're here to change that. I'm April Dinwiddie, host of the new podcast, Navigating Adoption, presented by Adopt US Kids. Each episode brings you compelling real-life adoption stories told by the families that live them with commentary from experts. Visit adoptuskids.org slash podcast or subscribe to Navigating Adoption, presented by Adopt US Kids. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services Administration for Children and Families and the Ad Council. I'm Colleen Witt. Join me, the host of Eating While Broke podcast, while I eat a meal created by self-made entrepreneurs, influencers, and celebrities over a meal they once ate when they were broke. Today, I have the lovely AJ Crimson, the official princess of Compton, Asia. Kidding, and Asia. This is The Professor. We're here on Eating While Broke, and today I'm going to break down my meal that got me through a time when I was broke. Listen to Eating While Broke on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, time for this fucking thing. Today, we're diving into executive removal, taking a look at how people in not America go about removing a leader from power. Uh, Our way is pretty weird, but let's check out how weird theirs are. 
Joining us via phone from London is Mark DiStefano. Mark is BuzzFeed News UK politics and media reporter over there and a former political editor for BuzzFeed Australia. Thanks for joining us, Mark. Thank you so much, Hayes. How are you going? I'm doing fine. I know you guys are a little busy over there right now with your elections, etc. Yeah, and look, it's kind of an amazing time because there's been so many prime ministers in the UK and in Australia over the last couple of years. And the topic of removing them, like it's actually kind of brutally efficient now. We're now really good at getting rid of them, the ones that the parties don't want. So with, you know, your elections and Brexit and the Brexit elections and Meghan Markle and all of that, is our crazy breaking through into your crazy at all? Yeah, look, I think that it is. And one of the reasons why is that it all sort of stems from the craziness of 2016, right? Like there was the Brexit election that was in June and Nigel Farage was one of the figureheads of that Brexit election. It was just such a massive shock to the system. And if you remember, you know, like uh, the Republican presidential candidate at the time, Donald Trump actually started telling everyone that he was like Mr. Brexit. So he was going to be the one that provided the same sort of shock to the system over in the US. So really Brexit and Trump, they're kind of two words that go together now. They roll off the tongue when you talk about politics. But a lot of the craziness really does stem from that 2016 ground zero for all the mental things that we've been seeing in politics in the UK and um, that we are getting um, getting so much of, like you can't turn on the TV without seeing Trump. It kind of really in grill. So Impeachment is a pretty weird process on this end. And even though we got the idea from Britain, I know that's not how it works for you guys. So let me ask this for our listeners here in the U.S. Uh, How does it work if you want to get rid of a prime minister in the United Kingdom? Well, there are these things called elections. (laughs) And I know that sounds weird. But the actual process is different for each party. And one of the most important things I think that listeners to this podcast need to understand is that, you know, the, the prime minister is the person who actually represents the largest party in the House of Commons. So the prime minister, the leader of the country, in the US circumstance would be kind of like Nancy Pelosi. It's the person who has the largest party in the chamber in the House of Representatives. So we have this situation where if you cannot control the confidence, is what they call it, the confidence in the House, then you do get removed either by your party or the parliament itself gets dissolved and goes to an election. Oh, okay. So we had something like almost similar happen a few years back. John Boehner was the Speaker of the House, and he could not really control his party. So rather than having to go through, you know, a vote of no confidence, he just kind of said, I'm done, stepping down as Speaker of the House. So when was the last time you guys said, uh, toodaloo to a prime minister? That actually happened last December, where the Conservative MPs, there was 48 of them. They said, we no longer have confidence. It triggered a vote in her, and she actually tightly won the vote, giving her a one-year, I guess, free ride. But what happened was, is that because she was in charge of the House of Commons, which is so divided at the moment on the issue of Brexit, Theresa May actually couldn't get her Brexit deal across the line, couldn't do anything. So what she did is that she said to her party, look, if you vote for my Brexit deal, I promise you I will get out of the way and let a pro-Brexit MP to become prime minister. But the conservative MP said, nah, you've got to go 
And that's what happened mid this year. She left because it wasn't a trigger of um, any type of executive authority. She just saw the writing on the wall and there was enough conservative MPs that said, you've got to go. That's so wild. So then there's a conservative leadership race and it was between Jeremy Hunt and Boris Johnson. And the winner of that, which is a huge vote of all the conservative activists and members across the country, the winner of that became the leader of the conservative party and actually the prime minister themselves. So that's actually kind of one way you replace a prime minister in the UK. It's kind of this crazy situation where there is secret letters, votes of no confidence along the party lines, and then you have a vote amongst all these different members. But a lot of the time, the important thing to remember is people jump before they get pushed. Right. Okay. So in our situation over here, we've only had one case where someone actually made that jump, Richard Nixon. So that Sounds really complicated and super shady, but that still sounds easier than getting 100 senators, two-thirds of them, to vote to remove a president. Let's shift gears really quickly to Australia. Tom Guerra, BuzzFeed News' opinion editor who helps us shape the show, is himself an Australian. And according to him, getting rid of leaders is just kind of a national pastime down there. Is that true? So there have been six prime ministers over the course of 12 years. We've had this series of, as soon as opinion polling started to turn on issues, these really weak MPs started to freak out. And instead of, you know, like saying, let's just wait it out. Let's get to the next election. It's a three-year term. Let's get there. They say, no, let's replace them. And so there's these things called leadership spills. And it's literally the idea of spilling the votes. It's, it's we need to find out who controls the confidence of the party room. Real quickly, so is that like a pressure valve or is it just too much chaos and you know, lack of continuity to actually govern? I think that, you know, there's a bit of a chicken and egg problem here, right? Because I think that if you had a leader who actually um, was a strong leader, who understood the media, who understood the current moment and that played to the public and not just worried about the next opinion poll, I think that that person would be successful. But at the same time, there are all of these ingredients that are sort of swirling around in a big cauldron. And we've seen time after time after time, parties who are in government, so they are supposed to be the ones running the country, start freaking out when they're seeing an election over the hill. So it sounds like the uncertainty of like when elections will actually happen, both in Australia and the UK, makes it so that politicians are just really dependent on opinion polls way more than in the US even. You know, you see that here in the UK with Theresa May. It wasn't just that Theresa May's Brexit deal was bad per se, which a lot of the party of of the Conservatives thought that. They just, in polling, they saw that Theresa May against Jeremy Corbyn, the Labour leader, wasn't doing too well. And they thought if there was going to be an election and we needed to call an election tomorrow to, to get some more numbers back in the parliament to be able to pass a Brexit deal, we wouldn't actually be able to win with such a weak leader in power. So that's the reason why they installed Boris Johnson. You know, I think that we are in unprecedented times and the instability within parties is mostly just a reflection on weakness within political leaders and a kind of weak system that we're currently mushing our way through. So quick fire, two final questions. What do you think? Is it too easy for the UK and Australia to remove a head of government? And should you just give governing power back to the Queen? (laughs) Well, I mean, that's the worst part. I mean, on the latter question, the worst part as an Australian small uh, Republican is that I hate the fact that the Queen is still the the head of state (laughs) of Australia. It it is a national embarrassment. I think that it is too easy. But again, at the same time, what we 
are, I think, all of us crying out for is not strong leadership as in strong man leadership, but is in strong leadership in trying to actually forge a way through the current mess that we're in around the world. And once those leaders start taking office, whether it's a Jacinda Ardern in New Zealand or mm. anywhere else, you actually see all that mush starts sort of solidifying. All right, Mark, thank you so much for joining us. And I leave you to go back to figuring out what the hell is happening in the United Kingdom. And good luck to you and all the impeachment hell that you are about to enter. Okay, that's it for this week. Next week's going to be a doozy as the House marches towards a final vote on impeachment. I'm so excited, concerned, perturbed. There's a laundry list of words that could describe how I'm feeling right now. Also, though, we would love to keep hearing from you, the listeners. So let us know what you think about the U.S. impeachment process. Does it make sense? Should it be easier to remove the president or should the bar be even higher? And please tell us anything else you might be still or newly confused about. Let us know what's on your mind. Open the voice memo app on your phone, record your message and email it to impeachment at buzzfeed.com. Or just send me a direct message on Twitter. I'm at Hayes Brown and my DMs are always open. Our show is produced by Dan Bauza, Alan Haberchak, and Jacopo Penzo, with editorial assistance from Tom Guerra and booking help from Jake Bunger. Editing by Josh Fisher, Taylor Hosking, and Ryan Kyloff. Julian Weller is our supervising producer. Special thanks to Mangesh Hatikader, Nikki Etor, Samantha Hennig, Maggie Schultz, and Ben Smith. Lastly, if you're not already, make sure to subscribe to Impeachment Today on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you frequent to hear my disembodied voice. And please, please leave a rating and a review. Tis the season to be giving. It's the best way to help us teach more people about this wacky thing called impeachment. Also, tell your friends about the show as we all figure this out together. Peacock streaming the world's biggest sporting events, exclusive originals, and the latest movies. This February, we've got Super Bowl 56 and the 2022 Winter Olympics. Peacock Originals Bel Air from executive producer Will Smith and Westbrook Studios. Damn! Plus tons of new movies every week, including Marry Me, starring Jennifer Lopez and Owen Wilson. In theaters and streaming only on Peacock, Valentine's Day. With all this and so much more to love, sign up now at PeacockTV.com. I'm Jake Halpern, host of Deep Cover. Our new season is about a lawyer who helped the mob run Chicago. He bribed judges and even helped a hitman walk free until one day when he started talking with the FBI and promised that he could take the mob down. I've spent the past year trying to figure out why he flipped and what he was really after. Listen to Deep Cover on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello. Hello. Hi. Oh my God, I want to come through the screen and hug you. Hey, everybody. Jessica Zor here, also known as Vanessa Abrams on Gossip Girl. I am so excited to share my new podcast with you guys. 
It's called XOXO, and it's a walk down memory lane all about Gossip Girl. I'll chat with some of the cast, crew, fans of the show, and I'm just so pumped for you guys to go on this journey with me. Hi, I'm Ed Westwick. I played Chuck Bass. Is this Michelle Trachtenberg? I'll never tell. Hey, I'm Taylor Momsen, and I play Jenny Humphrey. Hi, I'm Sebastian Stan, and I played Carter Payson. That was one of the reasons I liked the character Jenny so much, is that she was very relatable. The whole thing was such a joy for me to do, and I was just so thankful that people responded the way they did to what we were doing. This really was just, like, wonderful. I, like, have, like, warm feelings inside. Yeah, me too. I'm giving you air hugs. Listen to XOXO on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.